This is Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast hosted by Maggie Lovett. Welcome to Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast, a podcast that goes through Taylor Swift's entire musical catalog chronologically. We are back for season two, and it only seems fitting that for season two, we are talking about Taylor Swift's second album and first re-release, Fearless. Today, we'll be discussing three rather iconic songs from this album, but first, we need to introduce our Starbucks lovers, and it is a full house today. Please join me in welcoming back Meredith, host of Fangirl Forum. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. And Arzu, host of Space Waffles, is back again. Hello. Hello there. (laughs) Hello there. Uh, Nicole, host of Petticoats and Poppies, is here this season. So excited to be back. Thank you, thank you. And last but certainly not least, it is the geeky waffle herself, Candace. Yeah, and the waffle. Pour some syrup on me. <laughs> Ooh, let's get syrupy. We have some syrupy things to talk about, yes. Oh. So in recent Taylor Swift news, This Love, Taylor's version, was dropped this week uh, during the trailer for The Summer I Got Pretty. Uh, I am obsessed with it. I listened to the trailer like 10 times when it dropped because it did drop while I was working. So I got to (laughs) listen to it many times while editing the article. Uh, But oh my gosh, what did everybody think about it? Anybody? Bueller? Iconic. Nicole, Nicole, would you like to go first? (laughs) Yes, I really did like it. I um, am surprised. I do think it's quite different from the original version. I think it sounds a bit more... Uh, hopeful I feel like I feel like the original version is much more melancholy which I'm not gonna lie is kind of more my thing so I was like this might be the first one where I do prefer the original version but I still do think it's really nice but honestly mostly all I feel right now about Taylor Swift is confused because I just need (laughs) I'm a Virgo I need answers I need a date I need something to put in my calendar like (laughs) I can't do this anymore is playing with all of us. Everyone was convinced that she was going to be at the Met Gala and that that would somehow signal the next era because Blake and Ryan were the like hosts or sponsors or co-chairs. Co-chairs, there we go. And so everyone was convinced that she was going to show up and then nope, not not a sight, not a sound, nothing. But then, but then this love dropped this week And that threw everybody into like a tailspin trying to figure out what's coming next. And I have seen this conspiracy theory on TikTok that people think this is like my third conspiracy theory since like the last album and it has not happened. So do not hold me to this. But there is this conspiracy theory that people think she's going to drop not one, but two albums on May 13th, which is the same day that this episode will be dropping. Uh, so if Taylor doesn't drop anything, at least you have this. But she confused all of us because she dropped the Speak Now and 1989 merch, which oddly neither of which say Taylor's version, which is a whole nother conspiracy theory to unpack that none of us have answers for. Uh, but like, there's been things that could potentially be signaling May 13th as this album drop. Um, Back when she was on Jimmy Fallon, she chose boxes five, one, and three in that order. Um, There is a five and a 13 on the cake and I Bet You Think About Me. There's also like a 26 and people think that it's like half of 26 is 13. So like maybe it's a double 13 and that's where the double comes in because... She had also posted a TikTok video about Shania Twain and how Shania had shifted from country to pop. And like when she did that, she released a double album that had the songs in country and in pop. And like Speak Now and 1989 were that point where she went from country to pop. So it would like make sense that maybe she would drop both. But also that is confusing because there has been, I mean, there maybe there's been clues, maybe there's been subtle marketing. I mean, she knows she's going to sell albums, whether she markets it or not, because, I mean, we're Swifties, we just buy everything. Uh, but, like, it's just confusing me because I feel like she would have said something already. This is by far my favorite thing about Taylor Swift fandom, is it's <laughs> never just, what are we getting next? It's hyper-analyzing, picking out the numbers, rationalizing it and the great thing is 
sometimes she's messing with us, but sometimes it actually does pay off. Just and it's not five holes in the fence. <laughs> like I love this about this like ta- about Swifties about the Taylor Swift fandom. It's just my it's my favorite thing. It's Swifties are always the Charlie Day gif. Um, <laughs> it's always sunny with the crazy boards and just like. This is related to that. It's 13 somewhere. We're going to minus the numbers. We're going to get to 13 somehow. It's Pepe Sylvia always with Taylor. Oh, but wait. But wait, there's more. Because if you take May 13th, 2022, and you add a 5132022, it equals 13. So it's a double 13. And it's the only Friday the 13th in the year of 2022 so if taylor was going to drop something on it she loves friday the 13th it's something i actually share in common with her but like it's taylor <sighs> just tell us i can't I handle just, this i can't i've been too burnt by like freaking woodvale i can't do it anymore <laughs> justice for woodvale she's out there the lost but also the lost justice album. forevermore who is the forgotten middle child which is why i'm convinced there's a third one Honestly, maybe it is because Evermore is my favorite album, but I'm just kind of like salty at Taylor right now. Very salty about it. <laughs> she drops all these bangers and then like blip. It doesn't even get a anniversary post. Nothing. Nope. But she's been so quiet lately. And I think that's the thing that has people so convinced that something has to be happening. And I mean, maybe she's filming because like she is attached to that movie with the very unfortunate director. Like maybe she's busy somewhere. But I just, I feel like she's doing that thing where she knows she's building anticipation and we are all going to jump the second that something happens. And hopefully that something has happened by the time that our listeners are listening to this episode. Hopefully we're all listening to Speak Now in 1989 on May 13th. Um, or Gosh, at least- What a double feature that would be to listen to both of those back to back that day. I would simply be unwell. <laughs> I would have to call out sick and be like, I'm sorry, Taylor has me in a chokehold. I have to be like, I'm so sorry. If you're not Taylor Swift, you're not the boss of me today. (laughs) (laughs) Please, please say that at work on Friday. Oh, I will. I will. There's like four of us that are Swifties in there. It'll work. It'll work. (laughs) Well, I'll just Um, use the coughing uh, gif like, (laughs) I'm sick so sick <laughs> uh but we're not here to talk about conspiracy theories unfortunately though a taylor swift conspiracy theory podcast would be hilarious it would be simply unhinged and i think it would have to be like very drunk it could not be a sober podcast but we're wait looking this back... is not a podcast no uh, well i'm not sober right now so yeah exactly i did not get the memo i am unfortunately sober i'm so sorry next time next time (laughs) i'm sorry i I didn't know i was on this podcast i didn't know we were supposed to be sober (laughs) spoilers (laughs) sorry Uh, i think there was next time i won't be sober (laughs) okay there we go uh but today we are looking back at fearless and we're looking at three tracks that honestly i feel like do not get as much love and respect as they deserve, even though they are arguably some of the most iconic tracks from Fearless in my book. Uh, and that is Change, Fearless, and 15. So right out of the gate, we are talking about Change. This is the 13th track. Did not plan for this one to be talked about the day that we're talking about 13th Conspiracies. But it was written entirely by Taylor Swift, and it clocks in at 4 minutes and 43 seconds. Uh, The song is about her hopes and aspirations for her career and her bond with her smaller record label. Of course, the song now took on an entirely different meaning when she did her re-release because the album that the song on the album was about uh, Scott Brochetta and the, you know, record label that he owned and eventually screwed her over with um, when he refused to sell her her back catalog to her and instead sold it to the one who must not be named. (laughs) And the re-record when it was released, uh, I remember a lot of Swifties, I remember myself like listening to this and just finding that it felt a lot more poignant because there are those lyrics that are very, very 
I don't want to say ironic. I feel like ironic is the wrong word, but they they felt very on the nose given that she was having to do these re-records just to own the rights to her songs again. Uh, so it's kind of interesting how some of these re-releases have taken on like new context as they're being re-released. Um, when this track was originally released in 2008, there was a music video that had super cuts of the um, Olympic US team kind of cut into it. It was it, honestly, it was a weird music video, in my opinion. Uh, but all of the proceeds for the song were donated to the US Olympic team. Uh, and it was also a single for the AT&T Team USA soundtrack. Um, for it, yes, that was a thing that happened. I feel like this is the only song I, I could honestly remember having this kind of weird Olympic notoriety. I'm sure there's been others and I've just like it, not realized them, but Taylor Swift and the Olympics were a thing in 2008. Um, I guess I'll kick it off with my, my feelings about this. Um, I hated the music video for this, like with a passion. It is so bad. It is so uninspired. It is so bland. So and honestly, this song deserved better. And I'm a little not bitter, but I'm a little annoyed that Taylor didn't take the opportunity with the re-release to do a music video for this one that like actually fits the song. And especially with that like new retrospective look at it, I think she could have done something really neat with it with the right director and the right creative team. And I feel like it was a missed opportunity. Uh, but then again, I would be happy with literally every Taylor Swift song getting a music video. So, you know, I gotta, gotta win some still waiting for getaway car. Um, I yeah can't help not have those those references. Um, but I was listening to this like right before we got on to record, and I was laughing because there's the line, um, you know, it's all the same, another time, a place, repeating history, and you're getting sick of it. For some reason, this lyric reminded me of I think I've seen this film before, and I didn't like the ending. It's that same kind of like you know exactly what's going to happen, and you're still like really unhappy about it. And I just something about that really resonates with me. Um, but now I want to I want to know what you all think about this. So I'm going to start with Meredith. Are there any lyrics that stood out to you with this track? Oh man, you should not have started with me. Um, I'm so sorry. It's okay. This is one of the songs off of Fearless, which Fearless was one of my favorite albums for the longest time. Of the songs on Fearless, this is one that I do listen to, but it's usually not in my usual rotation for Taylor. Um, this song really does remind me of like Long Live and State of Grace, which will come out later. But when this song, when I listened to it again for this episode, I did find myself like reading between the lines of, oh, yes, this is definitely how it's more poignant now than it was back then. Um, but I don't have any I don't have the same attachment to the song that I think other Swifties do. So I'm so sorry. <laughs> and Candace, you also, I think, find a connection with it with Long Live as well, right? Yeah, definitely. It feels like it's a rallying cry almost. Mm -hmm. Just they're the people who are, you know, I don't want to say like the odds are against them pretty much. Is this one of the kind of tracks that end up on your playlists? Yes, my get hype mix, you know, sometimes I get chills like every time I hear like certain parts of the song, like the the end when like the walls fell down chills every time doesn't matter which version that is a really good line now arzu is this a song that's on your playlists it used to be um like it, I, I still will listen to it now but like i've said before i think on this show fearless came out when i was in my first year of university so i have memories of the whole album with that like era so if i need to like hype myself up for whatever I would go to this. Um, when you mentioned the Olympic team, like in the notes, I was like, right, that was my association with the song because I had only seen that music video. I hadn't actually seen the other one. So so it, like kind of when I need to get that kind of hype, I would listen to it. And I still do nowadays. And I think controversially, I actually prefer the older one because she's got like, she's, you know, she's 18, 19 years old. She's got this belief that all we have to do is stand up and fight and the walls will fall down and we'll win. And like now at 32, she sounds tired 
And like, she sounds sort of like where I'm at, where like, you want to believe that's the way to win, but you know, she knows she had to do all the work all over again. She knows that like standing up for what's right is not necessarily going to win. And maybe there is like that ironic twist in the song now where like, she's saying these words, but she knows it's not always true. Whereas like in the mm-hmm. original, she believes it. So it almost made it sadder in Taylor's version. Like you're expressing your youthful sentiment, but you know that life doesn't always work out that way. So it made, it, it, made it sadder to me. <laughs> that's a really interesting way to look at it. Cause I don't know if I, I caught that the same way, but. Like I, I was expecting about- it to be like a, yeah, like I won because I'm re-recording my music and you don't own it. But it was her going like, we're just going to stand up and fight and, and we'll win. But like, she had to take the long way to victory. So there's like a weight to it that the original doesn't have. So if I want to like get hype, it would be the original. If I want to like reflect on the hard work that comes with change, then it would be Taylor's version. Thanks like for making it sad, I know, you made it really sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> this was me like, I had fearless in the middle making me feel better when I was prepping my notes because this made me cry and then 15 made me cry. And I'm like, you know, fearless is good. Fearless oh, is like the buffer. Now, I know someone among us, this is like one of their favorite songs from the Fearless album. And I believe that is Miss Nicole. That is true. This is one of my favorite songs on Fearless. I absolutely love it. I think it's super underrated, actually. And I think part of that is because the like original music video for this sucks so much. It's so bad. Like you said, it's just so bland. Um and I'm so glad that Taylor does not do like bland music videos like this anymore because it's honestly painful. But I think this is a really good example. I remember back when I was like in high school and would have to defend Taylor Swift from like, you know, <laughs> all those people who would be like, whoa, Taylor Swift only writes about breakups. Bleh. This is like such a good one to use for that because I think it is a song that not a lot of artists are writing about this sort of thing. And I also, I don't know about y'all. I feel like you're the right people to put this to, but. I feel like I have like 40 different fictional characters that I associate with this song in terms of like, there's so many different universes that I feel like this fits so well for. I feel like I see it with edits a lot on TikTok. Um, oh yeah. For everything from like Star Wars to the Hunger Games, like, which I love. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw a Joe March fan yep. cam to this song yep. like last week. Yep. I think it's in my my saved on TikTok. Uh- <laughs> But I that really doesn't do... surprise me at all, by the way. Yeah. So March <laughs> and change. Perfect. I love yep, that. Yep, perfect. Uh, I think, you know, like some of you guys were also saying, I think there's a very clear line between this and Long Live. I think you even could maybe take a line between this and then Long Live and then Clean in terms of sort of these ideas of Taylor, like reflecting on what it has meant to have to fight for this success that she's gotten um and sort of reflecting on life in general not just relationships uh i i just i really love this song it is like a really good pump up song but also like it does make me cry sometimes and i love something that you can find different things in depending on sort of where you're at emotionally so i i really do wish maggie that this had gotten a new music video because i think that they could have done some really fascinating stuff with it in terms of you know in relation to the re-records but alas alas and alack (laughs) she abandoned us there it's okay it is okay now the second track we are talking about is the title track from this album fearless it was written by taylor swift liz rose and hillary Lindsay, and it clocks in at four minutes and one second uh this is one of her tracks that is um written about dating but she was not dating anyone at the time and the song is not attached to anyone that she was ever involved with uh it's really just about her ideal of a perfect date uh which makes it very innocent and sweet and very fun, in my opinion. Uh, And this music video actually featured footage from the Fearless tour. So it was released after the album came out. Uh, And I think that's, I think that's neat. Um, I think it's one of the nicer music videos from the era. Um, I do think that, you know, talking about change just now, I think that Fearless as a whole did not get the best music videos. Um, There was a lot of potential to play with things there. And I can't wonder if it it does have something to do with like 
her record label at the time, didn't give her a lot of creative freedom. They chose which things got music videos, which didn't. Um, Cause it's, you know, how things roll in the music industry, unfortunately. Um, with my own opinions on the song, I love the song. I still listen to the song. I love the Taylor's version for the song. Um, I'm not going to lie. I distinctly remember when I had my first kiss and it was terrible. Um, I remember thinking to myself, this is not what Taylor Swift promised me. This is not the first kiss. It's not flawless. It's not really something. <laughs> it's not fearless. Um, it's kind of like kissing a fish. Really something, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's something like kissing a dead fish. But uh, <laughs> And so it's kind of funny when I listen to this song in retrospect, because it's it's been a few years. Um, and I just think about like... <laughs> It was very much a like flea bag moment where if there was a camera, I would have been looking at it like this is not what Taylor Swift promised me. Um, and I think that's what kind of makes this song so fun is because it is this very like idyllic idea of what like this first you know brush with romance and having this kind of whirlwind thing is supposed to you know feel like. And it's another song that Taylor sings about a dress and wearing her best dress and i actually have a very important question for the panel and i want you all to unmute your microphone so you can answer at the same time because i I want a unison answer what color is the best dress blue purple red white black i love it I have seen so many people like headcanon what the best dress looks like. And I love that every single person has a completely different picture and has made me wonder if all of us just picture like what our best dress looks like, what like our perfect dress is. Cause I know I'm my favorite not, is always red. I'm not picturing my best dress, although all of my favorite dresses are blue. I'm picturing her, um, our song dress. Oh, because well, if this cute. is like still that high schooly almost era, I'm like, that looks like what, a teenager's best dress would be and who said purple were you thinking i said purple which i did like it was reaffirmed for me for speak now when she wore purple and i thought that was just like great for her i also think gold when i think of uh fearless as well i don't know why Mm -hmm. i just think like sparkly gold the sparkly gold yeah i feel Mm -hmm. like that could also be um a contender for the best dress i love it Now let's get into all of our feelings about the song, not just the dress. And I'm going to start with Arzu this time, because I think she feels the same sentimental feelings about this track that I do. The same ooey-gooey. Yes, very ooey-gooey. It really appeals to my inner romantic, like, I don't care that it's been like a decade and a half since this came out almost. Um, This is what... I think what she wants love to be. This is still the idea of love that I hope on, hope on to hold on to that kind of hope. Like, I, I don't know. Like it's the ideal. It's like the, the vibe, the image. It's not exactly dancing in a rainstorm in a dress. Although I love that lyric, that idea, all of it so, so much. And I like what I like about Taylor's version now. Cause we were saying this wasn't written with anybody in mind. She wasn't really with anybody. But she's been in a happy relationship for years now. Very much in love with the guy she's with. And it's just, it really comes across in the way she performs it. It's like, now she's got somebody in mind. Like, now there's that clear picture. And it's like, the the sentiment is, like, she's found what this ideal was. And I think you can hear that in Taylor's version. So I really, really like that about, about it. Yes, which is such a fun thing to think about with like the Met Gala just behind us, which is when, you know, his buzz cut, her hair bleach when they met for the first time. So it is fun to look at these songs, particularly these more romantic songs of hers with that added context now that she's getting to have that like real love feeling while she is recording these, like the long term love, the thing that she's been looking for in all of these songs. And I think that Meredith touches on a little bit of these kind of sparks and feelings of love with some of these songs. I, yes, absolutely. I do think that this is the spiritual successor or predecessor to uh, Sparks Fly. And I do think that Fearless is the better version of the song. I do love them both equally, but I have more of an attachment to Fearless. This song also gave me unrealistic 
uh, expectations of love and my first kiss. Unfortunately, I have not received a kiss that evokes fearless, but I think it's fun and it is playful and it is this, it's so innocent that this idealized date could just evoke so much like happiness. And I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, not everything has to be so realistic for us to connect to something. And honestly, what a way to open this album. Like it really set the tone for one of my favorite Taylor Swift albums. Um, Just the way that there is this playfulness and this fun, but also like these dreams of love and what that looks like. And I, as Arzu has said, like, this is definitely gives me the ooey gooey feels like it brings me right back to where I was in high school when this song came out. So like, I have nothing but adoration for uh, Fearless. And I think people should talk about this track more. So I'm glad we're doing it now. Yes. Now, Candace, does this make you feel ooey gooey? I'll admit, when it first came out, I had already dated some and had, like, my first heartbreak and all that kind of stuff. So I thought it was a bit cliche. I was too jaded. I was too jaded at the time. But I do appreciate it. And it does make sense. It's like this idealized vision of what a teenager, teenage girl thinks love. Like, first date, all the magical stuff and things like that. And it's nice to look back at now. But I'll admit, it wasn't my favorite back then. But yeah, I love the lyrics. Like there's something about the way the street looks when it's just rain. There's a glow off the pavement. And like, I love the smell and the feel after the rain. Just growing up in Florida, there's something like very peaceful and like happy at that time. But I'm thinking about it. I'm like, Taylor, well, she did do a whole concert in the rain. So you know what? She did. That girl would do it, you know? Who among Those us photos wouldn't... are amazing. They are some of the best photos from her concerts. And bringing up the end of this uh, little confab here is Nicole. What are your feelings about this beautiful titular song? Yeah, well, it's the titular song, uh, which makes it important. I love that word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I have to say this, first of all, is one of my favorite music videos from this era. I love music videos where Taylor uses footage from her tours because I think that in particular, whenever she uses them for love songs, I think it makes them these like really beautiful odes to the relationship that she has with her fans, which she's always said is like the longest relationship that she's ever had. And I think that's really beautiful to sort of see that even this early, she already hey, we're all dating Taylor Swift. We are. Yeah, we're in love. Um, yeah, everyone, congratulations. Um, <laughs> pat myself on the back there. What but a catch. I- <laughs> I think that this is sort of, it encapsulates the sort of love that whenever we're young, we all hope to find. And I think a lot of us still like would love to find. I think anytime (laughs) I find myself putting this song on, it's like the, oh no, honey, you got a big storm coming. Like the moment I'm like, I need to listen to this song. I'm like, this crush has gotten too serious. I need to back out now. Um, And I think there's, you know, there's, like the whole I'm trying so hard not to get caught up now is a line I very much resonate with if you couldn't just tell from what I just said but I also do think there's something sad about listening to it now and listening to Taylor's version because this is such a cute young idea of what love is and in a lot of Taylor's songs about Joe who she's obviously has found this like beautiful fairy tale love with she talks about her anxiety and her fear and her trying to push him away because she didn't think that it was going to work out. And it's sort of that recognition that, you know, when she was younger, she thought that love was fearless. And now she recognizes that it's not, it's pushing past that fear. And I think a lot of that is because of, you know, the situation that she's in with her fame and everything. But I also think that just sort of comes as you get older and you have more baggage that you're bringing into relationships. And so I think there is something a bit sad about it in, in terms of like looking back on it because it is a sort of love that I think is is more achievable when you're young before, you know, sort of life in general has has taught you to be, you know, jaded, like you were saying, Candace. Are you are you telling me that her relationship with us is the reason she has baggage in her relationship with Joe? 
<laughs> no, it's actually not us. It's all the other people. It's, oh, right, uh, it's right. all not, not the five people here, but everybody. Not, us. Everyone not the fans. Not the fans. It's it's um not the women. It's the men. Well, and Carly Kloss. But, but uh, <laughs> here Nicole, for that look, shade. <laughs> look, like best friend breakups can be as hard as relationship breakups. I'm not speak gonna on it. That down. They are worse. Yes, the you. world expects Thank you to fall you. apart after a relationship breakup, exactly. but not a best friend breakup. Exactly. Yeah. But Nicole, and, and career breakups are hard too. So. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Like you were saying, like um, how she views love differently just like always makes me think of like the whole album being called Red, and then her song like I thought love was red, but yeah. it's golden. You know, it's like her realizing the mature love and realizing that not everything is like this perfect fearless thing that we yeah. see. Yeah. yeah, and that hot burning love that you have burns out, but it's the love that's like yeah. the hardened gold that's like lasts. But like maybe that love that made you like scream and fight in the rain was actually just toxic. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that oh. wasn't healthy, and you both got sick yeah. afterwards because you know it gets cold. Like, that's when you don't you don't scream in the rain, you dance in the rain, and then you go right back inside and. Change your clothes. If you're dancing in the yeah. rain, then you guys can go back outside and like cuddle under a blanket. But if you're screaming yeah. in the rain, then that's and crying, it. screaming, you're crying, crying your vocal yeah. cords. Your yeah, <laughs> it's just a mess. It's not a good time. Now, unlike the last track, fifteen is not what we call an ooey gooey feel good track, and it is also about a specific person in Taylor Swift's life, and that is Abigail Anderson clocking in at. Four minutes and 55 seconds. This track was written entirely by Taylor Swift about their experiences in high school and the boy that Abigail dated and lost everything to. Uh, so it's interesting that you bring up friendships because this is a friendship that has endured the test of, you know, Taylor Swift's fame and career. Uh, and I just, it brings me so much joy every time I see anything between the two of them on Instagram. So Taylor did perform the song for Abigail uh, before she did anything with the track, just to get her permission to use it in the album. Uh, when asked about the song later on, Abigail said, if one girl can kind of learn from it or connect to the song like that, it's totally worth it. Uh, which I thought was very, very poignant in its own, um, own right. So <laughs> for me, this is such an interesting track because I simply do not relate to it at all i was homeschooled um i never felt any of these like first day jitters going to high school um i never had to worry about making friends because i didn't have any um <laughs> but i did go to college when i was 16 and this album had come out like a, i think a year or two beforehand and so i did listen to it on like my first day of college and like kind of related to it but, like there's no lockers in college so like it didn't really get to feel all of the feels. Um, I also think this might be why I never date it. Because I felt like this is like, you can give everything to a guy and then he just like walks away. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> so maybe this is a cautionary tale. Um, and I listened to it like really good. <laughs> Got out of teen years without any of this it, happening. It's an overly <laughs> cautionary tale of it. It's so cautionary. And you know, it's also like kind of sad in a lot of ways too when when the re-release came out because Abigail has been divorced now. I want to say twice, but I think maybe the one didn't lead to a marriage. It led to an engagement and then that one fell apart too. And I feel, I feel bad because I feel like she has had such a bad run with guys in her life. Uh, and I feel like the song kind of haunts all of those relationships because uh, it just keeps repeating itself. Um, but I, I want to know what all of you felt with the song. Cause I know all of you actually went to high school. Uh, and probably felt some of these first day jitters. And this time I'm going to start with Nicole. Okay, thank you. The Abigail to my Taylor. Um, but I definitely relate to this song. I think in a lot of ways, both in terms of those first day jitters, those things that you would like tell yourself and your friends whenever you didn't fit in and other girls were making fun of you or looking down on you and you'd be like it's fine we're gonna get out of here like we're bigger than this you know our high school popularity doesn't matter to us like it does to them like that sort of stuff but also and I think Taylor's version is even more poignant to listen to because obviously 
she's looking back at being 15 from a lot older age. And I really resonate with, you know, the line, I didn't know who I was supposed to be at 15, because I think probably all of us had ideas at 15 about who we were and what we wanted that are no longer true. And sometimes I look back and I'm like, who was that kid? <laughs> like, um, and I think it, in so many ways, this song does break my heart, just thinking back on who I was at 15 and the things that I got upset over and, you know, the people who made me feel bad about myself. And, and also, you know, I'm lucky to have friends from that age that I'm still close with, but I also have friends that I was close to then that I'm not in touch with anymore. And that I had these feelings for at that time, like Taylor, you know, has for Abigail in the song. And, and it, it's sad to sort of think about those people who have drifted out of your life. But I will say too, this music video is like hilariously dated. Um, some of the special effects in it are like, I was genuinely laughing out loud watching it. But the fact that Abigail is in it, I think really does save yes. it in terms of like for posterity. And every time I watch it, I'm just like, hit all over again by how touching it is that they are still friends and I think that that really like speaks to um who Taylor is as a person that she has kept up with with Abigail and and I feel like that's probably helped her stay grounded uh and I'm waiting for one of my friends to get famous enough that I can be you know their Abigail uh, <laughs> but I really love this song it it, it does have I'm a trying, very melancholy Nicole. feeling I know I'm I'm counting on you <laughs> Try not to put the pressure on too hard, but just know I'm I'm waiting. <laughs> Meredith, what are your thoughts on this track? I've been waiting a long time to talk about this song. Um, because this is my absolute favorite Taylor Swift song, period. Um this is the one that I always gravitate to. This is the one that has stood the test of time for me. This is the one that I watched her perform this with Miley Cyrus at the 2009 Grammys and being like, how can I buy this song now? I need to listen to this on repeat. Like this hit me so hard and it, it touches on all the reasons why I love Taylor Swift. She makes songs that are so personal, um, that speak to you um, at the time for me, a teenager going into high school and all of the feelings and things that you discover along the way, like she hits the nail on the head so perfectly for that experience. And, um, that's the song that I kept coming back to. Um, I did have a friend who had a relationship with this guy who changed their mind. So I felt like this spoke to me on that level too. And, you know, being in high school, I, especially at 15, I didn't know what I was going to do. If my 15-year-old self looked at me now, they would be shocked to see that, like, where I'm at in life um, because I had so much anxiety and fear of, like, what I was going to major in in college. What was I going to do for the rest of my life? And, I mean, the line now of I found time can feel most any heal most anything and you might find who you're supposed to be and that is what I hold on to you know from this song um this is looking at that and seeing how and even as she sings it now in Taylor's version there is this reflection um on that time in her life and with years of experience, you can look back and be like, wow, I hyper-focused on so many things at 15, but they don't even matter now. And look where I'm at now. Um, yeah, that I I could go on for days. I love this song. I'm obviously nostalgic for the original version because it meant to me for so many years, but I do love Taylor's version as well. And I'm going to stop talking now because I'm just going to ramble. <laughs> but it's good rambling. So it is. It is good rambling. Now, I feel like Arzu has some very similar feelings about the song to what Meredith was just talking about. Sort of. I think I sit somewhere between you and Meredith in that I did not relate to this song when it came out, you know, being a bit older and I was out of high school. So already it felt, quote unquote, dated because I'm like, well, that's not going to happen ever again. I was already in university. But also, like in high school, I was not the person 
anybody looked at. So like you come home from your first date, and you're so excited. I'm like, can't relate, Taylor. Sorry. But like, so I didn't enjoy listening to it when it first came out because I felt like out of step with where I was supposed to be in high school and by extension out of step with where I was supposed to be in university. So it was like, it was like hard to hear that I wasn't quote unquote doing it right. But now like at, in my thirties, I have removed it sort of from the, like, what do boys think about me context and take it for the wider, like, you know, this is life before you know who you're going to be very much relate to, to that sentiment to the, like, I swore I was going to marry him someday, but I've realized bigger dreams of mine. Like, you know, that part is still not ideal, but like the whole have not married anybody. I'm not in a relationship, but I think if 15 year old me were, listen, (laughs) but like if 15 year old me were to look at 31 year old me, I still feel like she would have been like, yeah, we did good. Like we've like, she'd be very happy with where we're at, except she'd be like, really? Nobody? (laughs) Because The sentimental romantic has been there my whole life, but mood so, <laughs> very much a mood. <laughs> She's like, seriously, <laughs> but like, I don't know. So I enjoy it a lot more now than than I did at kind of eighteen nineteen when, which was my age when it first came out. And I also loved that Grammys performance with Miley Cyrus, and I wish that that was available as a single on its own because it was a great duet. Same, but... same. Yeah, think about I that. Honestly... I think about that performance a lot. I fooled myself into thinking that they would record it together for the re-release, like fully clown myself on that one. Cause I thought it'd be so good. I'm glad that so. didn't occur to me. Cause I would have been even more disappointed. Yeah. That that's not available. I was like, you had a second chance to do it and you didn't do it. But like mend whatever bridges have been broken and let's make the music release. Time will heal most anything. Come on. We could have had like, it. And honestly, like, Dolly Parton loves both of them. So I feel like Dolly could have made this happen for us. Dolly needs to bridge that gap. Because both of them have a lot to reflect on from when they were 15. So Dolly needs to bridge the gap. Come on, Miss Dolly. We know you can do it. And just get them to put that out there. Dolly has done so much for society. I feel like this is the last <laughs> thing that she needs to do. And, like, Don't say the last like, thing. <laughs> Just the last thing, like, or okay, maybe not the last thing. She could probably like <laughs> the most heal the pressing situation. thing right now. True, true. Um, there are a world lot of hunger. No, Taylor yeah, Swift vaccines. Taylor Swift teaching children how to in Ukraine. You know, Roe v. Wade. Like, she could probably fix everything, but I feel like this also needs to be part of that list. Is mending the gap yes. here? There you go. <laughs> uh, now, Candace. Um, so I'm a little different. Like, I was older than 15 when this came out, but like my sophomore year, I was dating a senior and I felt like that was such a big part of my identity at that when I was 15 because of like, oh my God, mm-hmm. an older guy and stuff like that. So I really related for what she was saying and being in college and being like, it just makes you realize like high school was so small, even though I grew up in a big city, like it just like did not matter. And like, this is a song that really m- made me like a lifelong Taylor fan. Cause I'm like, this girl mm-hmm. can write, this girl can convey emotion. She connected to me so much that like, you know, she made me cry, you know, when she said she and Abigail cried. Cause like, you know, you feel that. And it was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm removed from this time in my life. I'm, I think I graduated college by that point, but like, I still can reflect and it captures all those big feelings that you have in high school and they aren't actually that big, you know? So I think it's a great song for young girls to listen to. And it makes me nostalgic for a time that wasn't that great, but still nostalgic for certain parts of it too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird how songs about high school, like once you get far enough removed from the high school age, and even though I didn't go to high school, I was still a 15 year old once upon a time and having that kind of like looking back and like both Arzu and Meredith were saying, like, if my 15 year old self could see me now, she'd be like, yeah, I guess we turned out okay. Even though like we didn't marry him. 
And it's it's fun to look back at this. And I think this was one of the songs I was like most excited for her to re-record because of that added, like now Taylor's in her 30s and she's looking back at her own like innocent era of like being in high school. And the, the biggest thing to worry about was like boys liking you or not liking you or who's talking about you. Uh, and it's just, it's interesting. And I'm, I'm kind of sad that we're out of, for more or less that we're out of, you know, Taylor's high school era of music because there is so much less to now like reflect on and on our own youth. And it's, it's interesting to see how this album kind of bridges that gap for a lot of us. Do you think she's really happy about not marrying him someday? Cause like what happened with like Drew from Tears Shouts and My Guitar and him being like, <laughs> I think about him a lot, at least once a week. <laughs> I was just like, Oh, you dodged a bullet, Taylor. You dodged she a hundred percent dodged a bullet. <laughs> so it changes the song a little bit. And say. honestly, like I don't know about y'all, but the guy that I liked when I was fifteen, I also dodged a bullet. <laughs> Same. 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 No, He's okay, doing all the right. Line, the guy I liked dating the boy on the football team. <laughs> I had a crush on a guy on the football team, and I'm oh, so no. happy that that didn't end up that way. I was also a cheerleader in high school, which I had to bring up the traumaticness of. You oh my god! Yeah. Um, so I definitely thought that was going to be part of my high school experience. No, it was not. And I definitely dodged a bullet by not dating the boy on the football team. So, you know, I can say I never had a crush on a guy on a football team. So at least I have that. I had a fleeting crush on a guy on a football team. That's my school didn't have a football team either. So (laughs) it helped me out. (laughs) He was a drummer. He turned out. Well, listen. Everybody had a crush on him. He was a drummer. He it turned out fine. I think. Yeah, no, he's he's doing okay. <laughs> Last I saw him. Basically. Okay, well, you win. So, <laughs> well, he didn't win. marry me, so really, it's his loss. But otherwise, he's doing okay. You drummer still have better now taste. Arzu is available. Yeah. <laughs> if you are listening to this, oh my god! Me. If you're listening to this, like, <laughs> it's a music podcast. Call him out! Call him out! Oh, we have a name. The book time based to on this. Facebook. <laughs> Maggie can good find luck. anyone. I went to high school with like fifteen. <laughs> so good luck. Oh, but you only had like three hundred people in your graduating class. We'll figure it out. We had so many and so many Daniels. They all went. By no, I get that. Class. I was in a graduating like, class of ninety nine, and we had nine Alexes. So, yeah. parents were not very creative at that. At that. Oh, we had quite a few Alexes too. Not as many. I'll find them. Don't you worry. She will. <laughs> and we can talk about it in the next episode. Actually, if you're listening to this, I have a lot of questions about how you <laughs> Hey, he could be a Swifty. He could yeah. be a Swifty, but like He's I did not see that coming for him. So like message me on Facebook. I have a lot of questions. Uh, Y'all, this I is a Hallmark movie. Waiting to happen. Yeah, me yes! ready, ready to happen. I can see like the book cover. Like, you know the the really cute little animated book covers. Oh yeah, God. it's one of those. Mm-hmm. I don't I want to marry him anymore. No offense. And I he's don't want like, to marry him anymore. He's got headphones okay. on. He's listening to podcasts. That's perfect. To convince you. That's the That's perfect. perfect. You don't want to marry him anymore. <laughs> Play hard to get. Good job, Arzu. Yep. She knows how to be a main character. <laughs> that was some main She's, She's so too great, busy guys. with work. Oh I derailed God. this. <laughs> I'm ready. Uh, he could. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be waiting in the getaway car no that ends badly maggie, maggie no. that's okay <laughs> it can end badly. See, it's okay. you are you are serving that main character attitude right now i mean <laughs> truly see but if he is your getaway car and then you meet your joe alwyn so i still okay, Ryan, don't know how coordinate. i mean joe's really hot but tom hilson oh my god Look, Everyone I've seen watch some conversations pictures. with friends when it comes out on Hulu. I know. Um, I'm like, I've I've watched the first three episodes, and listen, I understand every song Taylor's ever written about that man now, right? <laughs> but actually, it all becomes perfectly clear that trailer. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, the Swifties aren't ready. <laughs> They're not prepared for what's going to happen to them. Anyway, <laughs> I was trying to find a segue there, and there's just there's no segue. My thought, no no thoughts. Head empty, Joe Allen. Um, thank you all for joining us today. 
You have been listening to Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast on the Geeky Waffle Network. Thank you so much for listening, particularly you. You can follow me over on Twitter at Maggie of the Town, and you can follow the podcast at Taylor Swift Pod. Where can folks follow you, Meredith? Yes, uh, folks can find me um, on Twitter at Meredith Loftus and on Instagram at Meredith Loftus as well. Um, you can follow my podcast on um, at Fangirl Forum Pod on uh, Twitter, and you can find my podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And uh, I also do some writing for Collider, so you can find my writing there. Currently, I am in the Doctor Strange two era so there are a lot of things coming out from there so be sure to check that out yes indeed now speaking of another collider girl arzu where can folks find you you can find me um on collider um you can also find me uh writing for wealth of geeks i write for the geeky waffle doing like book reviews and tv reviews i do my own rambling on rzd2.com but all of that can be found on my twitter at arzu amin which, if that's hard to spell, RZD2 will take you right there. Excellent. And Nicole, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram uh, and Letterboxd at Nicole Ackman16. I have link trees and all those places to all the different places that I write and podcast. Uh, notably, I write for Wealth of Geeks, uh, where Maggie is a fantastic editor. And also Maggie and I have a period drama podcast when I'm, you know, not in the middle of finals and then COVID uh, <laughs> called Petticoats and Poppies History Girls at the Movies, which you should definitely check out. We've got some very fun stuff on there and some very fun stuff coming. Yes. And last but certainly not least, Candace, where can everyone find you? Yeah, you can find me at thegeekywolf.com. Candace is a geek on Twitter and Candace Call everywhere else. Excellent. Now, be sure to like, subscribe, rate us, review us, do all of the things, and also head over to Space Waffles and all of the other Geeky Waffle shows and give them some love as well. Next month, we're going to have to tell me why you should have said no on the other side of the door untouchable and that sentence does not make sense and that's okay because we've gotten to the part of the podcast where nothing makes sense anymore so thank you and hopefully we'll be listening to a double dose of taylor swift today when you're listening to this podcast on may 13th